Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Rebellion is the first feature-length documentary to tell the -the behind-the-scenes story of the Extinction Rebellion, following a group of unlikely allies as they come together to confront the climate emergency. In the decades since the financial crisis, action on climate change has slipped right down the political agenda. And it is that is absolutely true. We are we seem to be going backwards in so many ways. And this film uh, not only does it bring to our attention the importance of these people who are demonstrating for the crisis that is in front of us, which is about climate, but it also gives us a behind the scenes look at what uh, went into this, the shooting star of protest movements, the Extinction Rebellion. We're joined today by the co-directors of the film, Maya Kenworthy, as well as Elena Sanchez-Bellot. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. How did this get started? Who was sort of the leading advocate for pursuing this project? Well, we heard about the group at the same time. Okay. We were actually, we were the film tutor of ours. And he said, guys, did you see Chloe's email about this new group that have formed? And she's met the co-founders and I think you should go along and check them out. Um, So we heard about it at the same time. I went along to the first press conference and met them and, and thought, yeah, there's definitely something interesting here. And, And so it was sort of feeding back to Elena and then we both just thought yeah let's let's follow this you know we were completely new to activism hadn't made a feature film before but both of us could film and, and edit and we just thought yeah let's let's put our skills to use here and um and and follow this story because we also quite quickly realized that a lot of the people that were joining this group um were completely new to activism and it kind of wasn't what we would expect different ages lots of different professions nurses teachers all kinds of people um and we also early on met Fahana Yaman who is from the UN, you know, been at the heart of that process for the past three decades. And I think we sort of assumed that, you know, she might be solving things in, you know, on the inside over there and and actually to hear her side of things and how kind of desperate she was feeling. And the fact that she just joined this group that was completely different, doing things in a very different way to what she'd previously done, you know, that really made us pay attention because we thought, okay, right, things are clearly bad if the UN lawyer is joining the activist group. So yeah, so we just sort of we just kept following the story really and, and let it unfold. Um, and it was good to do it together because it was quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. Well, Elena, in terms of access to kind of the meetings and the kind of behind the scenes stuff with people's interpersonal relationships at a very, very personal level, a very granular level, uh, how did that process unfold? I would say kind of like two different um, levels of access and trust. And one of them is, you know, getting into these meetings. And a lot of that just had to do with us showing up all the time and people getting to know us. And then, you know, if we were filming a meeting and someone uh, was like, oh, hang on, why are we filming this? Then there was usually always someone in the room who knew us and could be like, no, it's cool. It's like, it's Maya, it's Elena, like, don't worry about it. And I think, you know, what made a really big difference was that we were independent from the very beginning. We weren't coming at it with an agenda. We didn't have a commission from a TV channel. We didn't, you know, we didn't have anyone telling us, go focus on the drama. We were just, you know, following, you know, recording history was what we kind of told ourselves and we didn't really know what we were doing. 
um so that was kind of like one part of it and then the other part of it which is you know getting like you say into the granular granular details of people's relationships and you know really vulnerable moments that just comes through time it's like building any other relationship in your life you just need to spend time with people and then they realize that you know you trust them and you share things with each other and and they just trusted that we weren't gonna you know set them up or be insensitive to the things that they were sharing and it was a really collaborative process and we shared a lot of cuts that they fed back on and you know um we were always really interested in 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 the film feeling truthful to the people in the film even if some of the bits are difficult to watch for them so yeah and i think that comes through time and you know we were filming them for over three years and building relationships with them that are still there now and they're our friends and and I think that's how, yeah, you build trust. And then you have three years of context to understand stories and what's going on instead of, you know, the typical maybe like three to four months that a TV production would have. Well, I, I mentioned in the introduction that this group grew out of the, sort of the frustration with England's and the world's uh, addressing climate change. Why this group? Why did they spring up? Did it mostly have to do with the fact that Britain wasn't doing enough or that the world wasn't doing enough or where's the frustration yeah. come from? I- yeah, I think there was definitely a sense that certainly in the global north, which is basically the part of the world that's really responsible for this crisis, there wasn't enough happening and there wasn't big popular movements doing anything about it. You know, there have been groups, Greenpeace has done targeted actions before and, you know, that they do exist and, and there are activist circles. But I think, yeah, what was missing was this mass movement, you know, people coming together in their thousands to really take a big stand and, and not just do a march, but take, take that commitment up a level. You know, these people were facing arrest. Lots of people did get arrested and, you know, yeah, they, they were taking risks, but it felt, I think there have been people that for a long time had been worrying about this crisis and feeling, yeah, scared and guilty and, and, and not knowing really what to do. And I think essentially one of the co-founders was um, studying radical campaign design and he was sort of trialing some of these civil disobedience tactics and he kind of thought, well, why not? Let's just try and get more people to do this and that they are effective. And, and you know, they they went around, went all around the UK pitching it in town halls and people just thought, yeah, OK, let's let's try this. And they we're actually looking for something new to do that could step up their commitment and hopefully put pressure on governments to actually do something. Because also, I think for a long time, uh, certainly in the UK, and I think it's probably the same over here, is that this crisis has been made you know we've been made to feel as consumers we should be doing we should be changing our lifestyles and it's all on you as the individual and like yes we certainly should be making changes to our lifestyles but like that is a big deflection from the people who really you know these the government from the fossil fuel industry from the those sectors that have a lot of power and resources to really shift the way we do things the way we run our economy you know there's there's big changes that need to happen and the thing i think with this civil disobedience groups they realize actually we can help put pressure on that level um, if we really come together and we stay on the streets and we, 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 we don't stop, we disrupt, we get very serious about this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think people were ready for that. I think that is such an important point to be made here. If you watch media, TV, social media, there's always this kind of feel good story put out that, you know, if we throw a few more cans in the recycling bin, if we do a couple of things here and there, it's going to be great. And by the way, we're making fuel out of, out of seaweed now. Don't worry about a thing. Yeah. You know, we'll, we got it. We've got this, got this handled. And it's just, it's a dodge. It's, it's a lie. It's all of these things are, it, you know, put forward in this kind of delaying tactic. I don't know what the, I don't know what the end game is here, but the, the idea of just keep making people believe that progress is being made without it being made. 
And if we just hold on long enough, everything will be fine. I don't get the end game here, but I think that's so important what you said. I think people need to understand that in a, in a clear way. And Elena, what made the Extinction Rebellion, you, you just identify what made it different, but what was it about the starburst of it? What, what, what Did it surprise the political leadership? What was what sort of the ramifications of suddenly kind of nonviolent action playing out on a mass scale? What, what, what was the reaction to that? I mean, yeah, you you kind of see it um, in the film, you know, the meetings that they're having just before the big April rebellion, which was in 2019, you know, where kind of thousands of people came into central London and blocked uh, large parts of central London for two weeks and over a thousand people got arrested, which I think is is one of the biggest acts of political civil disobedience since the suffragettes in British political history. But yeah, in the meetings preceding that, Roger, one of the co-founders is saying, you know, like, well, if there's 300 of us, it'll be a 300 show, you know. And so there was definitely, I mean, a lot of work had gone into getting people to come, but obviously it was like a risky tactic and they didn't know who was going to show up. So then I think it caught everyone by surprise, you know, not just the the the, the politicians and certainly the police, but also the people who organized it and us who, you know, had been filming them for like six months at that point. And we're also like, oh my God, you know, central London is blocked. What's going on? And we just kept walking around like Oxford Circus, there's a boat in Oxford Circus. What? So yeah, I think it, it did it did catch them by surprise. And I think, you know, that was a that was really special. And there was a really special uh kind of energy in the air. And I think a lot of people were just looking around, being like, oh, okay, all these people are also worried about this. And you know, I don't feel so alone in it anymore. And I feel hope because people are taking action. Yeah. But there's also a lot of anger, I think, from from certain people. And that's the thing with civil disobedience. And especially if you're disrupting the public, you know, if you're not just going to a fossil fuel company, but you're actually going into the streets, then you're staying there. People can get very frustrated. And it's it's yeah, it's hard being that unpopular at times, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think we look back on certain movements and, you know, now think, well, that was great that that happened. And, you know, they're kind of heroes. But I think at the time you're not liked for doing this work. Like it's yeah, well, it's difficult. You look, you look back on the great nonviolent protest movements of, of the last couple hundred years. The intent is to make people uncomfortable, to make, to force them to confront things that they may not want yeah. to confront. Right. Yeah. And it is uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, I feel like people quote Martin Luther King all the time and conveniently forget that he was assassinated. Yeah. As if he was like that popular in his time. He's the most hated man in America. Yes, he was. He was definitely. The film is called Rebellion. We're speaking with the co-directors, Maya Kenworthy, as well as Elena sanchez Balot. And the film is about the extinction, uh, the group that start the Extinction Rebellion. But it moves into another realm, which is their political reaction to what they were doing and the disturbing trend of not only in Britain, but also here in the United States and all over the world of outlawing the kind of actions that were being taken. That's part of this film. And that's a very important part to watch that unfold. And one of the reasons why I believe you were the opening night film at the Human Rights <laughs> Film Festival is because this is a canary in the coal mine for a lot of people around the world. It has been for a while, the outlawing of peaceful protest. And uh, Maya, you want to comment on that part of it? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think it's a sort of you can feel both sort of frightened and, and, and sort of worried, but also it's a sign that 
a group like Extinction Rebellion has been effective. You know, it has actually it clearly has held the powerful to account because that's why they're coming back at you. And in some ways, it's like it emboldens people's efforts because they're like, yeah, we're having an impact and we've just got to step it up. And lots of groups, certainly in the UK, kind of came together um, to protest this particular bill that unfortunately has now passed this police bill that just gives them a, a lot more power to clamp down even just a single person holding a placard in parliament square can now be fined crazy amounts of money and you know it's it's really coming for people that are just taking a bit of a stand um but people group club together and they protested it and i think that movement is going to continue to grow people are not giving up that you know it's just it's just a case of continuing to join hands and keep going um, and it's hard but it it's effective. This is an effective tactic, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember also that in the majority of the world, people have been resisting for centuries in much worse conditions and still are. And, you know, that hasn't stopped them. And we're very privileged here. Yes, we are. We do live, generally speaking, a, a more open society that, that has, in fact, maybe not embraced protest, but certainly been tolerant of it. And I know there was a it also depends on the kind of protest though, right? <laughs> like yeah. the police response to Black Lives Matter protests right. is not the same as Extinction Rebellion protests. And Elena, to your point, uh, here in the United States there have been bills introduced, I think, in five or six different states, including Florida, Tennessee, and Texas, which basically says that if a driver hits a protester with his car, that he will not be prosecuted. So that gives you some sense of just how hostile these legislatures are willing to make it for nonviolent protesters. Just the last couple of minutes I've got with you, I, I want to talk about a couple of people uh, in the group, uh, Extinction Rebellion. It's hard not to talk about Roger Hollum. Mm -hmm. He is such a dynamic person. He's such a forceful speaker from the heart, but he's also kind of a, a loaded dynamite there. He's a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of um, Elena, you want to kind of talk about some of the people in the group or maybe not? I don't know if you want to. But yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I think, you know, played out. The, the, you know, there's seven kind of um, main contributors in, in the film. And obviously there's thousands of other people that made that were in XR and, and, and were like an essential part of it and are not in the film because of the scope of an 80 minute film. And, you know, we always kind of shout out to all the people who we haven't been able to represent because they're just as important. But part of the reason why we chose to focus on the people that we did um, focus on was because they all kind of brought different things. And the whole point is that you need all of them, you know, and obviously when you bring different people to the table, there's going to be conflict, there's going to be clashes, there's going to be messiness. But in that messiness, there's so much creativity as well. And there's so much opportunity. And I think we also need to really be get more comfortable as a society with messiness because that is where change is going to come from and imperfect humans can affect change every human that's ever affected change has been a messy human being imperfect and flawed because there are no perfect human beings so i think the point is you need to work with other people even if they're different to you and you know it will get messy but then you get you know someone like roger who's super dynamic super charismatic super compelling can get people on the streets and then you have someone like farhana who knows the you know political world and can get like tangible political outcomes and you need both you know yeah. so i think that's like the kind of bottom line yeah 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 it's such a dynamic interaction those that we see in those meetings and you're absolutely right some of the messiest people in the history of the world and the most consequential and the most uh, the most positive impact on our on our lives. 
Well, congratulations on the film. Uh, as I said, uh, it opened the Human Rights Watch Film Festival, and it is, I would assume, continuing to, um, are you more film festivals or you have a theatrical run? Yes, it's, it's going to also play at Tribeca uh, in early June. And then there are other festivals around the world. Yeah. And we're still, we had a UK release back in March and it's on Netflix in the UK and Ireland. And we're looking at global distribution still. It's ongoing. As with all documentaries, I think it's like this <laughs> yes. kind of endless battle of, yeah. Yes. Yes. How I get my film out there. <laughs> there is that maze that every documentary filmmaker must, must navigate to get yes. from point A to point Z. And I'm sure, but this is, it's very compelling film and um, going on to, to Tribeca, congratulations on that. So soon enough, the American audiences will have an opportunity to be able to see Rebellion. It sounds like we're on the right yes. path. Good. Yeah. And good. they get, again, the film is called Rebellion and we have been uh, fortunate and honored to be able to talk to the co-director of the film, Maya Kenworthy, as well as Elena Sanchez. Bellot. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.